The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. All right, good morning, everyone. Again, welcome to Coastal Community Church. I hope everyone is doing well this morning and has had a great start to their Labor Day weekend. I hope you get a day off tomorrow. If not, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, let me in- again introduce myself. My name is Ryan Spell. I'm the youth pastor here at Coastal, and I get the privilege of wrapping up uh, what I think is one of the best overall series that we do here at Coastal, uh, Summer Reading. And so today we are going to be looking at uh, one of the cornerstone, one of the uh, classic books of Christian apologetics. And uh, this book has over 15 million copies in print. Um, It's in over 100 countries around the world. Uh, It's been revised numerous times uh, throughout the years. And it is, of course, More Than a Carpenter by Josh and Sean McDowell, two brothers. And um, in the book, Josh and Sean McDowell, uh, it's kind of like Lee Strobel in The Case for Christ that we read earlier in this series. Uh, They were skeptics, and they set out on a journey uh, to figure out what Christianity was all about and figure out if it was real. I mean, they examined all aspects of Christianity. They looked at Jesus. Uh, They examined uh, his purpose, his life, his ministry, the resurrection, all of it. They looked at each individual thing and tried to explain uh, where it came from and how it works. Um, And in doing so, they came to one uh, conclusion. And their conclusion was that Jesus Christ was a man that lived, he died on a cross, he rose from the dead three days later, and he is in fact the son of the living God and the savior to the world. And uh, I mean, that's a really big statement to make. Uh, the book does a good job of convincing you of it, and so I encourage everyone uh, to read it if you haven't already. Um, I mean, it discusses everything from atheism to science's role in religion. Uh, they talk about Darwinism, um, even the origin of the universe, right? I mean, and then when it gets into Christianity, they examine all the different literary aspects of the Bible. Um, one quote, they tell you that more than 20,000 copies of the New Testament manuscripts um, have been, are in existence as of 2009. And the Iliad, which is second to the New Testament in manuscript authority, according to scholars, has only 643 manuscripts. Uh, and then from there, they examine uh, the eyewitnesses to Jesus' ministry. Right? And they point out their argument is that who would die for a hoax? Right? If Jesus was a hoax, if his whole ministry was a hoax, it was all fake, why would his disciples become martyrs for a fake cause? And so they examine that argument uh, and then they even move on to the resurrection, kind of the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Right? They look at the resurrection, uh, the empty tomb, and they, they show how historical evidence and scientific evidence only allows for a true resurrection. And then in doing that, they actually debunk some of the other uh, alternative theories for that empty tomb. I mean, it's, it's a very convincing book. And again, I encourage you all to read it. But what I want you to do, and it's going to sound kind of odd considering what I just encourage you to do and what even this series is all about, is that after you read this book, I want you just to put it all aside, right? Put aside all the facts, uh, put aside all the evidence, all the literary arguments, basically everything that historians and scholars have spent the last centuries and decades examining about Jesus Christ and Christianity. Because I want you to hear this, Uh, even with all those facts, all that evidence, If you do not make this faith your own, it's not just about being convinced by someone else. If you don't make this faith your own, it will never be the faith that God intended for you. Right? I mean, it's not about the facts. I mean, they can definitely, these facts can help uh, defend your faith. 
They can even help you open doors uh, with people that are historically or scientifically fact-oriented. Right? They can all be amazing tools for this. Uh, but without making that faith real to you, right? without making it your own, this faith won't ever be what you're supposed to have. Right? In the book, Josh McDowell actually writes, uh, he says, you can laugh at Christianity, you can mock it and ridicule it, but it works. He says it changes lives. I should say Jesus Christ changes lives. Christianity is not a religion. Uh, it's not a system. It's not an ethical idea. It's not a, not a psychological phenomenon. It's a person. If you trust Jesus Christ, start watching your attitudes and actions because Jesus Christ is in the business of changing lives. And so that's, that's what he wrote in that book. And what you see there is Jesus Christ is a person. And you have to have a relationship with him for this whole thing to work, this whole process. I mean, you can spit out all the facts you want. You can spit out all these truths, everything that scientists and historians and scholars have proved over the last centuries and decades. But the only way to make it real, the only way to make it personal between you and Christ is to experience that relationship with him, to make your faith personal, right? Don't base it off of what everyone else tells you. Don't base it off of all the evidence you hear, but make it personal for you. And so that's what I want to talk about today. How do we make this faith personal? our own. And um, I think for a lot of people, that's an issue nowadays, right? Maybe just with Christianity in general or religion, what it may be. Um, For some of you, you might only be here because uh, that's what your family does, right? You grew up with parents who who took you to church, and so now you you do the whole thing. You come to church on Sundays, you pray before you eat, uh, you listen to worship music, just because it's the thing to do, right? Maybe for some of you, you're here because uh, your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or just the person you may be interested in, right, that lives next door. Maybe they're here this morning, and so you followed right along. Um, maybe for some of you, it's your circle of friends, right? They somehow conned you into coming on Sunday morning, you thought you were going to brunch or whatever it is, and you ended up here. Um, definitely possible. Um, but maybe, okay, oh yeah. <laughs> we got one down there. Uh, sorry about that. But, uh, For some of you, maybe it's even more. Maybe you're just here looking for answers, right? Maybe you have an emptiness or a lostness to you, and you don't know where else to turn. And so you come here on Sundays to see what this whole thing's about. And what's great is that when you're lost like that, when you're that person who's here looking for answers, there is a thing to turn to, and it's God, right? He's there waiting for you. No matter how long it takes, he's going to be the waiting there for you to turn to him, but you have to make that decision on your own, right? You can't make that decision based on what other people tell you, right? And so that's that first um, outline on your, um, on your outline there, or your first blank on your outline there. Making the faith your own uh, begins with a personal decision, right? A personal decision to believe in Christ. Not a decision based off of other people, but a personal decision. You know, whatever factors lead you to this point, uh, whatever evidence you hear, whatever people may influence you, It's not going to be real. It's not going to be a real decision that you stick with until you make it a personal decision and a decision to where you actually believe that Christ is the Son of God. Right? In Acts chapter 16, uh, it's a cool story. The Apostle Paul and Silas had actually been imprisoned for preaching the Word of God. They'd actually been imprisoned uh, for telling people how to be saved, how they could be saved in their life. And uh, in the story, there was a slave girl who was a fortune teller. Right? The Bible actually says that she was uh, possessed by a demon that enabled her to predict fortunes. And so she would go around making money for her master uh, by predicting people's fortunes. 
And so she's doing her thing, and next thing you know, Paul and Silas roll into town and are telling people how to be saved. And so she doesn't like it, so she ends up following them around, kind of wherever they go, she's tagging along behind them, yelling out that they are breaking the customs of the Romans at that time by telling people how to be saved. And so what happens is Paul gets so annoyed that he actually turns to this girl and says, you know, in the name of Christ, I heal you. And he heals her of these demons, right? So in turn, she can no longer predict fortunes. In turn, she can't make money for her master, and that's a bad thing. So uh, it ends up with Paul and Silas being thrown into jail. And so that's where we pick it up uh, in verses, Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 31. Uh, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chain came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And so that's it right there. I mean, the Bible calls us just to make the decision. And while it is as simple as making that decision to believe, it's not always going to be that easy, right? Nothing's ever that easy. Uh, Most of us aren't going to see an earthquake that breaks uh, full of prison, full of people in God's name. Uh, That's probably not going to happen in most of our lives. But what I want you to realize, it is not just a decision that you make because, again, you heard a convincing argument. You know, it's not because you read this book, More Than a Carpenter, because you read uh, Lee Strobel's book, or you heard a televangelist on TV, or even you heard a pastor speaking about it. Right? It's not a decision you can make because of those things. It's a personal choice that you make on your own, uh, but then you follow through with it. Right? That you reinforce it, you build upon it. You know, and again, it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be some days where you feel like everything's just hitting you wrong and you can't, uh, you can't follow through with this decision that you've made. Right? But that's when we have to push on and rely on Jesus to sustain us. And so that's what I want to uh, kind of get into today. I want to give you some practical steps, some everyday steps in your life uh, to build your own faith or to build your own case for Christ, as it may be. Right? So the first step, after, of course, uh, making that personal decision to follow Christ, the first step is to seek God alone, right? To seek God alone. And uh, I know that sounds contradictory to what most people think about, you know, the whole church and Christianity thing, but a true faith, right? a true relationship with Christ is forged in the places where nobody else is watching, right? Where no one else is judging you, where no one else expects anything of you. It's just you and God, that's when your faith is truly uh, developed. And for you, maybe that's a morning quiet time, right? Maybe you wake up a little bit earlier than everybody else and you spend 10 to 15 minutes just talking to God, reading your Bible, whatever it may be. Uh, maybe for some of you, you just get to work a couple minutes early and you just sit in your car and you read your Bible or you, or you pray to God. It can be any one of those things. But you also have to take it a step further than that. You know, to truly make it real in that conversation with God I mean, it's a conversation. It's not just a one-way phone call uh, where you tell God the things that you need or the things that you want. 
God does respond. It's a conversation. And you have to listen to him. You have to be aware of him. You have to be wanting to hear him. Because again, that's when it becomes real. When you hear him for yourself, like when you experience him for yourself, it really changes everything. Um, There's actually a phenomenon out there called experiential reality. Right? And by definition, it's when you know something uh, to be real because you experienced it. Right? It's kind of like uh, hunger or thirst or even taste. Right? Someone can make the argument to you all day long that this one food tastes better than this other food. But unless you actually try them for yourself, you're never going to really know. And it's the same way with God. It's the same way with your faith. Right? You will never know what it's like. You'll never know it to be true unless you experience it for yourselves. Um, that same thing actually happened in the Gospel of John. Uh, it happens right as- after uh, the parable of the woman at the well. Um, and so for those of you that don't know the story, uh, Jesus is walking along. He meets a woman at a well. And uh, he asks her for a drink. And of course, Jesus is a Jew. Uh, this woman is a Samaritan. At the time, the two did not associate at all. And so she asks him, why are, you, why are you talking to me? And from there, he begins to share with her the gospel. Right? He begins to tell her about the living water that God is, and that when you drink it, uh, he offers you an eternity with him. And that all your sins can be forgiven and forgotten just by uh, accepting him and believing with him. And what's funny is in that conversation, uh, she replies with the exact words where, I know the Christ is coming, and he will explain it all to me then. Right, and I can just imagine the look on Jesus' face when she says, you know, Christ is coming, he'll explain it to me. And he's just like, okay. And so he says, he, he hits her with the I, the one who is speaking to you, I am he. And I say like, dun, 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 you know, <laughs> I am he. And so, of course, the woman runs back to the town, tells all the people uh, about what just happened, who Christ is, he, uh, everything that happens after that. And so in, in John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42, it says, Uh, Many of the Samaritans from the town uh, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Uh, She said that he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Uh, They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Right? So you see, that's the difference. Uh, we can hear all the evidence. Uh, we can read all the facts. You know, we can even talk to God all day long. We can have a one-way conversation with him all day long. And we're supposed to. Uh, but it becomes that true relationship. It becomes real to us uh, when we know it deep down, when we hear him and we experience him. Right? When we actually have the relationship that he so desperately wants us to have. Because right, he designed this relationship. He wants this relationship with us. He's just waiting for us to come to him to start that. You know, because it's at this point when we do experience him, when we do hear him, when we hear him communicating with us, uh, that our faith is no longer built on the thoughts um, or the beliefs or the experiences of others. Right? At that point, it changes. And all of a sudden, our faith is built on our own understanding and our own thoughts and our own experiences and what we know to be true. And that's the difference. And so that's the first step in making this decision, in making this faith truly our own, uh, is to seek out God alone. And so from there, we move on to the next step, right? So after we sought out God alone, uh, we know he is real because we've experienced him. 
That's when we have to take it to the next level, right? Take it a step further. And so that next step is to live God's word, right? Everyone has heard the saying, uh, actions speak louder than words. And that's when this phrase can actually work itself into your spiritual journey. Uh, Because a faith that truly develops, like it truly becomes your own, it does this in your decisions to act on what you hear from God or what you read from God in the Bible, right? That's when it becomes a different level, next level in your relationship, is when you choose to act on what you know, right? Because we must, it's something where we must continually and even consciously seek to listen to God, uh, seek to read his word, you know, and then strive to live how he wants us to, right? Even if we just know what he wants and know how we're supposed to do it, it's still not the same until we actually begin to do it, right? It's a journey that continuously builds up our faith, you know, it's a journey where step by step by step, we build up to that relationship that God has designed for us. And uh, I mean, just so you know, there's, there's going to be times where when you take that step forward, when you build up to it step by step, uh, you're going to get knocked down, right? There's going to be, for every step up, there's probably going to be a couple steps down. But it's a process that we have to work at, right? We have to continually work at. I mean, even the greatest, some of the greatest people in the Bible dealt with these same things. Uh, in Philippians, Paul is actually writing about his own faith, uh, where he says, uh, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, uh, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call uh, in Christ Jesus. I mean, even the Apostle Paul didn't consider himself to be in the spot in his faith uh, where he, he wanted to be. Uh, we will never obtain perfection. We will always be a work in progress. Right? But it's in the progress, and it's in the straining forward, in the experiences that only we will have, and only the things that us and God know about our lives and about our experiences. You know, that's when a faith and a belief that is truly our own uh, comes forward. Um, And I mean, it's all about taking that next step, right? We keep saying it's a step-by-step process. And so it's a next step to putting your faith in practice. I mean, truly what it looks like is simply just obedience, right? Living God's word, it's an obedience to live out God's word. Uh, In Romans 2, 6-8, it says, God will pay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, they will be wrath and anger. Right? So you see there's a visible difference in your life when you begin to believe uh, in God, when you begin to live for God. Right? I mean, you want someone to wear, if someone takes your life as a professing Christ follower, and they put it side by side with someone who doesn't claim to believe in Christ, who doesn't live for God, you want there to be an actual, visible, tangible difference, right? And it's not just on Sundays. It's not just about Sundays. It's not about going to church and reading your Bible and praying, right? You want some to see that, someone to see that difference in the daily decisions that you make, you know, in the way that you love people, in the way that you treat people. That's where the difference truly comes into play. That's when someone notices that there's something different about you, and it's because uh, you believe in Christ. You know, it's... Um, like that quote that the McDowell brothers had in their book that I uh, read earlier. If you trust Christ, start watching your attitudes. 
and your actions because Christ is in the business of changing lives. He changed the way that you want to live, and it ultimately affects the decisions that you make uh, on a daily basis. Right? I mean, it's just about being obedient to his call in our life. And then we get to reap all the rewards uh, that he has in store for us just by being obedient to his calling on our life. And we'll talk about those rewards in a minute. But your faith, again, it doesn't truly become your own. It doesn't become a faith that's truly a part of you, that's in your DNA, that's who you are. It doesn't become that until you allow this transformation to take place uh, from the inside out, basically. Right? You've made the personal decision. You sought him out alone, but now you have to let it transform you on the outside into what other people see. You know, and there's, again, there's always a next step. And maybe for some of you, that's where you are today. Right? You've made that decision on the inside, and now it's time for you to take it out and allow other people to see it. And God has a name for that in the Bible, and it's called baptism. Right? That's the ultimate outward expression of the inward commitment that we make. I mean, it's a practical step. It's something that we can do in our everyday life to proclaim our love for God and be obedient uh, to his word and to his call on our life. And, you know, um, it's cool. We have actually coming up on September 17th, we have a baptism on our big day. And like I said, maybe that's your next step for you. Uh, So you can actually just pull out that Connect card and you can sign up on the back there uh, that you want to talk to someone about being baptized. It's because it's all about taking that next step. You know, we'd love to hear that you want to do that, and we'd love to be a part of that with you. You just have to take that next step in your spiritual journey. And maybe baptism is that for you today. Uh, because again, it's just about being obedient. Now, whatever that next step in your life, whatever it may be, whether you're at the very beginning or the very end, it's all about just taking that next step and being obedient. And... Um, so from there, again, once, once, we've, once we've made that decision on the inside, we've allowed it to transform who we are on the outside, and then there's even another step. There's another step forward in our spiritual journey, right? And so once we've, once we've allowed God's plan for our life to transform our actions, we must then branch out, right? Uh, we have to build our faith through support and community because there comes a point in time where you can't build it on your own anymore. You have to rely on the strength of others, and so God designs us to not be alone. In the Bible, it tells us God did not design us to be alone. And so what we have to do is basically find community in our journey. All right, so step number three is to find community in our journey. Uh, we have to find a network of support uh, where we can build relationships with people who are going through the same journey we are. Right, they may not be on the exact same step you are, but you're all seeking and striving towards the same goal. Uh, Hebrews ten twenty four through 25 says, uh, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in their habit of doing, but encouraging one another. I mean, most of you probably know that you can't go through this life on your own, right? Some of you probably tried it and it hasn't worked out so well so far. God designed us to be in community and fellowship. And so in the same way that we build up our relationship with Christ, Right? In the same way that we build up a relationship with him, we have to also build meaningful relationships uh, with other Christ followers. Right? And in doing so, we both we weather the storms of this life, but we also allow ourselves to grow deeper in our faith. And so that's what this whole thing is about. That's what community is about. That's why we're here today. That's why church is so important. Right? It's the bride of Christ. That's what he designed it to be. And that's why even small groups are so important here at Coastal, our life groups. That's why we put such a big emphasis on them. It's about developing that community, about developing relationships 
with other people who are on that same journey as you. And again, if this is where you are in your journey, if this is the next step for you is to build up your faith through community, I mean, you're, you're here at Coastal at a perfect time. Again, we have, we're having life group signups going on right now. Um, we've got a catalog that you check out all the life groups. Um, again, you can sign up on that Connect card, or whatever it takes. We've got a bunch of different ways. You can sign up on the table over there. You can sign up online. Um, we have some amazing groups this semester that would be perfect for you if this is your next step uh, to just join and build up those relationships. Right? And um, there's actually this one group. Uh, it's called the Apostles' Creed. I've heard it's going to be the greatest life group ever at Coastal. Um, so you're definitely going to want to go ahead and write on your Connect card, LG Apostles. And um, yes, that is my life group. But still going to be awesome. So I encourage you to sign up for that. But again, just, I mean, you can check out all the different groups, right? Because that's what it's here for, to help you build your faith and to help you build community uh, with other people. I mean, just last Sunday when we had our life group sign up, we had over 300 people sign up for life groups. I mean, it's just God's building awesome things here at Coastal, and we want you to be a part of that. And we want you to be a part of the community and what he's doing here. And so, I mean, again, it's no matter where you are, just know that there's always a next step to take. Like, we're not perfect. Uh, we're never going to be perfect, but it's all about building up to where God wants us to be. And um, just like the Apostle Paul, I mean, like I said, we know, we'll never reach perfection. Like, we showed that. I mean, even one of the greatest apostles in the Bible never got to the point where he wanted to be. And, um, I mean, I really just want you to grasp the importance of this. I know I, know I keep saying it over and over again, but it's the grasping importance of this whole process, right? All the different steps, um, just building a faith that is your own, right? Going past the historical facts, uh, the debates, the arguments, all the evidence, going past that. I mean, we're, we're talking about a decision that ultimately affects your eternity, right? It affects your eternity. And those are actually those rewards that we were talking about earlier, the word that God has for us. And so um, I was actually trying to think of a way to hammer this home. And so uh, I got this illustration for you uh, that I thought was pretty cool. And so um, I've got this rope right here, right? Got this rope. And what I want you to do is I want you to use your imagination, right? I want you to pretend that this rope uh, goes off the stage, goes out the door, um, goes down Arlington Drive, takes a right on Savannah Highway, jumps on 526, and just keeps on going. I pretend that this rope goes on basically forever. Forever. And then take it a step further. I want you to pretend that this rope is actually a timeline of your existence. Right? Just like the rope goes on forever, you go on forever. And then we've got this little spot right here. Right? This little blue spot. And this represents our time here on earth. Right? Everything we do here on earth is wrapped up in this one little blue spot and then we've got an eternity after that somewhere else. You know, like I said, in this little blue spot, this is everything in your life. This is your birth, uh, childhood, school, college, getting married, having kids, working, retirement. It's all in this one little blue section, right? I mean, everything we do is in this section. We make so many decisions inside of this blue section, right? So many decisions that feel so meaningful now, but in the grand scheme of things, they ultimately mean nothing, and we forget about the one little decision that we make inside this blue, blue section, right? The one decision that determines where we will spend our eternity, right? I mean, there's so little going on in here. We just, we can't get past, uh, we focus on the wrong things here in this life on earth. And we, also, we also often neglect the decision uh, that will transform our eternity after that. 
And so that's what we're talking about here. That's what I want you to realize, that it's an eternity, that decision, that making the faith your own, it's an eternity that is affected, in, or that's the outcome. Right? And it's not even just your eternity. Honestly, it could be someone else's eternity. It could be multiple people's eternity that is affected by the one decision to make this faith your own. And again, yes, it, it'll seem hard at the time. You know, there will be people that persecute you for it. Uh, there will be times when life just seems so chaotic that you can't focus on the goal. You can't focus on the decision and the process of building up your own faith. You know, there will even be times when it feels like Satan is personally attacking your life, just every aspect of your life, and you feel like you have no way to focus on God. That will happen in your life. Uh, but that's when we can turn to God, right? Because we have to. We have to build uh, our own faith so that we can not only determine our own eternity, but the eternity of multiple people around us. Because it's a chain effect, right? I mean, when we seek God alone and then place him at the forefront of our lives and lives like he calls us to, and we join a community of fellow believers, right? I mean, that's how lives are changed, and that's how people are saved. Going through those steps and building your own faith is ultimately how lives are changed and people are saved. And so that's what I want you to remember from today, right? Knowing God for yourself, uh, building your own faith is something that can change both your life, both your eternity and someone else's. It's multiple people's. It's so important, right? There's nothing more important than that. And uh, C.S. Lewis, who was actually uh, another skeptic, right, another atheist who went on a journey uh, to find Christ, to seek out Christ and to see if he actually is real. Um, And in the end, he ultimately uh, determined him to be very real and is now one of the most famous Christian authors. Uh, But C.S. Lewis has a quote, and uh, he wrote that, if Christianity is false, it is of no importance. Right? But if Christianity is true, you know, if God is real, if Christ is real, and I'll take it a step further in saying, if having a real personal relationship with him, if having a faith that is your own is possible, then it is of infinite importance. Right? If, Christ isn't re- or if Christianity isn't real, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to harm anybody. Right? But if it is real, if Christ is real, if God is real, it is of the utmost importance. It is the most important thing that there ever was or it will be. And so that's what we're dealing with here today. Right? And that's why we have to not just take everyone else's word for it. That's why we have to not just listen to the evidence and the facts and the historical findings, the scientific findings, whatever it may be. All these books are amazing tools. Uh, they're amazing tools for defending our faith, for opening the doors for other people, and even just convincing ourselves at times. But that's not what it's about. Right? It's not about relying on others for our faith. And we have to make the faith our own, make a personal decision to believe in him, and then take the steps accordingly, right? Seek him out alone, uh, build up our community of faith and friends who are doing the same thing, right? Be obedient to his call in our life. Live out his word. Those are all the steps that we have to take uh, because and it's an eternity uh, that is, is relying on it. And it's not only just yours, but it's everyone else's too, right? And so that's what we have to remember. It's an eternity that's at stake and it all relies on us taking the right steps uh, to building a faith that is our own. So pray with me. Father God, I just uh, I pray for everyone here today. God, uh, I pray that everyone, uh, no matter where they are in their spiritual journey, um, whether they know you intimately um, or whether they're only here because someone drugged them here, uh, I pray that they begin the journey to knowing you. Uh, I pray that they begin on the path 
to seeking you out uh, and living the life that you designed for us all. God, whatever that next, next step may be, uh, I pray that you give them, you give us uh, the strength and the courage to just jump headfirst and uh, seek out a relationship with you. You know, a real, a personal relationship with you above all else. Uh, and God, everything we, in everything we do, uh, just help us to see you. Help us to know you. Help us to not just take the word of everyone else around us. Uh, God, in everything we do, whether that's, um, you know, just living our daily lives, the actions that we make every day, God, help us to reflect you. And God, help us again, not just take the words of everyone else. You know, whether that's the authors of these books or people on TV or just whoever it may be, help us to just not be complacent in our faith. Give us the courage to seek you out uh, and make building a relationship with you our number one priority. Uh, God, thank you again. Thank you for everything that you give us. Thank you for your son. Uh, thank you for all the people here today and, and the opportunity just to come here today and learn more about you. Uh, and we pray all this in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.